American football in Finland. The voice in your ears is Perfect Purvis, and this is American football in Finland. Today, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Coach Q, Spencer Cutlin, and Chris Green. We got a whole new show, fellas. What's going on, guys? Everybody say what's up. What's up? What's going on? What's up? What's up? <laughs> How's it going, guys? You good? The AFF podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Seriously, though, American Football in Finland is currently available on more than 25 different platforms. So wherever you listen, be sure to rate us. Anything less than five stars will tell us that you are a hater. Welcome to season seven, the season seven of AFF. And just want to take the time personally to apologize to our audience for the lack of podcast consistency last season. We got caught up in the social media game, you know, likes, clicks and all that. And we lost sight of what really matters, talking football. So we're back to the basics this year. Uh, we'll be here each week giving people what they want. So before we even get into the show, let's talk about off-season. How was everybody's off-season? Tell us a little bit about what you've been doing and how excited you are to be back. Hey, uh, my off-season has been great. I became a dad. Oh, so, congratulations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Congrats. Yeah. yeah, so I got a little broke roommate now. But yeah, that's how my off-season went, man. It's pretty much a... Uh, definitely different for me from what I'm used to, but you know, new life. What about you, Spence? What's going on with you? Oh, my uh, first season without football, which is odd, but uh, you know, we, we move on and all that jazz, so that's why I wanted to come back into this to you know get back into it in some facet, facet. but yeah, just uh, just living basic life to be honest, nothing too special, nothing going on, the weight's going up, the age is going <laughs> up. So uh need some youth back in me. So uh hopefully we get it from the pod. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Um, well, I've I've just secured my first permanent teaching job as well mm. in the off season. So I'm I'm teaching PE full time now here in the UK, living the dream. Okay, and, okay. Yep, yeah, yeah. And I've been um commentating on the the UE Bullets University live streams on their home games uh, every game this season. And they had a lot of American scholars this year, so it was a real good level of football. And they got to the championship game and won the championship game against UON. And it was a fantastic game, a real good spectacle for the sport as well. If anyone managed to catch that, it was a good game. I mean, if anybody knows me, y'all know in Aussies, I hibernate. It's cold as shit in Finland, so excuse my <laughs> language. You know, I stayed in Lati. This is where I was. I don't like to tell my business. Everybody else is sharing, so I'll share a little bit. You know, December through January, I was out of here. I was actually in the States in Texas and Miami um, doing some work, getting that good weather in. Came back to this, you know, Finnish winter. Took a, a quick trip to Amsterdam with the AFF Team Revolution 7-on-7 squad. Almost won a championship out there. That was super fun, you know, working with the kids. Hadn't done that in a while. Um, but other than that, you know, taking care of my family and hibernating. That's me. If y'all want to see anything else I'm doing, you know, follow me on the Instagram at Perfect Purpose, and, you know, that's how you follow me. So uh, we'll get on into the show, guys. We like to preview each team before the season. So today we will talk about the UNC Crusaders, 
who won two games in their first Maple League season in 2021. Let's talk about the UNC Crusaders, if they can make the playoffs this season. That's the goal, make the playoffs. Just get into the playoffs after that, who knows what happens. Spencer, tell us some of the biggest changes that they have coming up this season. Yeah, so coming off a season with two wins, it's not an easy feat in the Maple League for a fresh team. So the biggest changes are that Rojo is not playing, at least for the first part of the season. You know, we all know a mid-season <laughs> rebirth can happen but uh yeah so i've got a new qb how does that affect the team can he connect to the Finns? i know that shay is a very experienced guy he's over there in germany doing his thing covid has kind of affected him quite a lot because i don't think he's played many games in the last two years so will there be a bit of uh, rust in there who knows hopefully he's keeping fit he fits a kind of rojo style he's more of a passer than a runner which is good. It's all about how he's going to come into a new system. And I'll go out and say it. He played regional level in Germany, which, you know, isn't really the biggest level or the highest level of play. So I'm stepping up to this kind of, you know, European level. How will he do? I'm confident in things that I've heard, things that I've seen. Um, he seems very composed when he's under pressure. I saw him drop some, you know, really nice passes when he's been people in his face and he's looped them over, finesse pass straight down the middle, not judging his, his abilities. It's just, you know, how does he come into a new system uh, in a new league? And that's going to be a big thing. Second biggest change is the uh, the Irish luck is not there anymore. Eight touchdowns last year. It was He was tied leader for the team, put up some big numbers. He's gone off to Pastures New over in the ELF, I believe. For everyone that's listening that doesn't know, he's talking about Finn Kearns, the wide receiver. He was the man last season. He was also an all-star for us. But like, how do you replace that? Next to him, the top five receivers for the Crusaders last year were all imports, and, and and he led them. So how do you replace that? What they've tried to do is they brought in uh, the young Matthias Costagno. Sorry if I said that wrong, but that's going to be a seasoned trait, the mispronouncing people's name. <laughs> but he looks fresh, man. He's young, talented. He's he's quick. You know, ha- can he come and fill a role like Kearns? Kearns was a rangy guy. You know, had that top end speed. But how does Matias come in and, and replace him? We will see. But that's a big change in my league. And then the third one would be the brotherly love comes to Lohia. The Kobernick brothers. Uh, last year, Nolan played. And now he's brought over his brother, his brother Miles. That in itself brings, you know, a connection. I think Miles is more of a DB to help out the defense. Obviously, last year, Nolan got quite badly injured as he missed four games. That's going to be interesting to see if he's back fit and can you know, finish out a season. What can his impact be? The brotherly love in Lohia is going to be a, a big change. Just like Spence said, seeing uh, seeing what Shea can do um, in Finland is the biggest thing. Uh, it's a change from Germany. It's a change from what he's been playing in. It'll probably be a little faster, a lot more athletic people around you. I can foresee how his season is going to go. Be a lot of him doing a lot, kind of like, Rojo wasn't a runner, but Rojo also has one of those arms where he can throw himself out of situations. Shea, I won't try to say they compare them to, but I can see him taking off when he needs to. He's going to have a, a big, big mission ahead of him being with UNC. So, um, I, I got to throw this out here, fellas. I'm sorry. Yeah. But y'all going to stop sleeping on Rojo running ability. Everybody in, in <laughs> Finland, okay? I'm a, I've seen the guy run, and he might not look like a runner, but don't forget, this guy was an all-conference Big 12 wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, Rojo yeah. might not yeah. look like it, and I've seen him in the Maple League 
make some runs where you're like, oh, okay, okay, he's moving, okay. He might be surprised, but he he can do it. Y'all stop sleeping on Rojo as a runner. No, I ain't, I ain't you know, I Rojo ain't go, can run. I ain't going to sleep on him. I've seen, seen him in his prime. I've seen him in his prime. <laughs> yeah, he don't he run like, like that. Really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he can take off if he need to. Yeah. You know, I, I think, I think Shay is probably similar in that aspect. That yeah, in his prime, he probably could run a little bit better than he can now as well. He's a little bit older of a guy, so he's not able to do that. But it's one of those things. Like if a guy is evasive or has escapability, it doesn't go anywhere. And that's something that uh, Shay Netner brings, and that comes with experience, <laughs> not just running, but also extending plays so that you can throw it. It does. It's not the same thing as taking off and getting twenty yards like a Jabari Harris type, but you can, you know, move the pocket, stiff form a guy, extend the play, then throw it deep, and he can do that. Let's go over some of the keys to success for UNC. Like, what what's it going to take for them to be successful and make the playoffs this year? What are a couple of things? First thing I got is integrating the finish players purely because the top five receivers for the Crusaders last year were all imports. They had eight yards of rushing from non-imported players. Yeah, um, we've got Kari Salonen got two interceptions. So um, that was the only thing that kind of, from the stats I can see, actually stood up. So how can Shea integrate the Finnish receivers to be productive? And uh, what are they going to do in that respect? Teams that win in the Maple League have a good base of Finnish players. And that's that's going to be the first key to success. And then the second one I've got is the passing game. Last year, they had 2,000 plus yards. I think they were actually second in the league on offense in terms of passing. So can they maintain that? Obviously, they're making a change with the QB. <laughs> the, the Irish luck machine uh, or Finn Kearns is not there. So how are they going to replace him? They had eight TDs and a 70 yards 75 yards per game running last year. They need that and make sure that the passing game maintains that high level as their offense is just going to stall and not really do much. And then the third key to the success, I put defense. So yeah, they have to address everything, I suppose, is what I'm getting at here. But defense, they gave up the, the most yards in the whole league last year through the year. What are they doing for the secondary? I know that um, uh, Miles Korbanek plays DB. Hopefully he can have an impact. They brought in Felix Antoine, an ex-Steelers guy, a kind of underdog figure in Zalan Sorban. He could have you know, an impact in the linebacker core. They have added people, but that's going to be their key to success is actually stopping people because it seems that they got absolutely run over last year through the air. A lot to work on, I'm not going to lie. Only winning two games last year and I'm coming in with a very strong roster of teams this year, you know, like Kotka. They're they putting some things together. The Wolverines look like a powerhouse. The Roosters going to be the Roosters. The Crocodiles are adding people. Porvo got a new QB, and they're looking to add to their success last year. So it's going to be tough. they got to address everything, but I think there is some hope if they play smart. they got a lot of stuff to bring, offense, special teams. I think the biggest thing will probably be depth. I don't foresee them having a lot of guys at each position, so... They're going to have to stay healthy to have a chance. And they just got to really surprise people. They got to really beat some good teams, depending on who they signed and what they have coming back. If you're not healthy, you're not going to win. For them to be successful, they got to look different than they did last year. Even though their passing game was pretty good last year, their defensive passing game was ferocious. So, obviously, they had to pass. And they couldn't stop anybody, couldn't stop a cold. Is that what we used to say a couple seasons ago? Couldn't stop a cold. So this season, 
one of those two things has to change. I would even go as far to say they have to learn how to complement each other on offense and defense. If you're scoring quickly, your defense doesn't get doesn't get rest. If you're giving up points quickly, your offense doesn't get rest, and they're always under pressure. So those don't work well together. Obviously, they had, and we're going to always keep talking about this until the season starts, they had Rojo last year. You got Rojo running your offense. Yeah, you can always hope that you can score 40-plus points. Like It's always a possibility. That's not who they have this year. No offense to Shea and what his skill set is, but I don't see that being the case. Maybe they get a better, a more balanced offense. They can hold the ball a little bit longer, keep the other offense off the field, give their defense a shot to make some changes. I think for them to really be successful, they have to be aggressively good on defense and create turnovers. That's how you stay in the game. Keep the other offense off the field. Can't You can't lose if they don't score. You can't lose if they, their offense doesn't have the ball. We saw it last year in one of those games, and this is just throwing out random information, guys, but the Butchers played the Roosters one game where the Roosters had three special team return touchdowns, but their offense actually didn't play well in the game. And a lot of people are like, well, you know, if they wouldn't have had those touchdowns, they would have lost. Well, their offense didn't play well because they weren't on the field. The Butchers' offense stayed on the field most of the game. And then when they punted it or kicked it off, gave up a touchdown, which kept them on the field, which kept the other team's offense off the field, which is how they actually had a chance to win that game. As crazy as it sounds, it still goes into the the complement philosophy. If you keep the other team's offense off the field, they're going to come back. They're not going to be in sync. They're not going to have reps. They're not going to know what they're doing. So you have a better chance. But if you let that other team constantly be on the field, you're going to be behind. So I think uh, USC definitely has to decide which, what they want to do. They want to ball control on offense or do they want to have such a good defense that they're not on the field very long? Either way, you got to do one of those or you're not going to win in the Maple League. What are some obstacles? I don't know if we've named them all, but what are some obstacles they have to overcome <laughs> to be successful this season? Yeah, they are kind of like mirrored in the keys to success in the way that it's like new people, new problems. Yeah. You know, what's the team chemistry going to be like? Are they going to play for each other? How does the new QB with all his experience, I know Shea's very experienced, but how does he implement that on the team? What kind of culture did he bring? It's like Rojo comes in and he demands that kind of respect. Well, how is that going to change? Head coach Thomas Hakenen, very experienced. So how is he going to adapt? It kind of looks like they've hit the reset button. Nolan's coming back. Still a lot of additional things that they have to implement. So new people, new problems. Then the second one is, again, the Rojo effect. Even though he's you know plus in the years, you know what he does on the field speaks for itself. You know, he, he can still deliver a ball, like you said, he can play play things open with his with his arm instead of having to get out and run. So that level of experience that he brings and the planning and the knowledge of the system, the Rojo effect, he is a factor. Q alluded to it in the last section is the import burnout. You know, if you don't have depth, you're going to be playing your imports. And it looks like the Corbinick brothers are going to be playing both ways. The new addition, Samuel Hernandez, he's listed as a running back linebacker. Is he going to be playing both ways? I've tried to play both ways. I'm a terrible DB, but I did it when I had to, and I couldn't do it. I know a lot of people do, but you've got to be a special player to play both ways. I'm jumping in there on the, the import burnout because I like that a lot. This UNC team is going to be structured how teams were back in the day when me and Q used to play. Like, Q knows it. Like, you used to have to play offense 
and defense. Just throwing out a little history for you guys. Me and Q played against each other in Finland. He tackled me, and I tackled him. That's how we was. <laughs> we we both played offense and defense, and it was the norm when we played. You had yeah. to play both ways, and not to sound you know too old school, but similar to all things, once the level of competition gets higher, that's not possible. The Maple League right now, the, the level of competition, how good players are, it's just so much harder. Like you said, you have to be a special, special type of guy. You know, we're we're talking Alpha, Jallo, RJ Long type to really, I mean, yeah. I'm throw this out there too. Miko Seppinen did it a couple of times. Uh, Spencer Cutlin, obviously. Christian Paul has done it a few games every once in a while, even. So, but even when those times are done, outside of you know those first two names, Alpha and RJ, no one wants that. No one, no one wants to come into that situation outside no. of playing special teams to have your your best player playing both offense and defense and being an important part. Now, if you throw him out there as a you know trick play every once in a while, I mean Curtis Slater better be getting some passes this season. You know that's something that you can do, but you're, that's not something you want to have as a a realistic. That's your offense. That's your philosophy. But that's what the UNC team is going to look like. They're going to look like a 2013 Maple League team. You know, in 2022, that's almost 10 years later. I thought so, you were going to say 1998 then, or something. The way you were talking about it. <laughs> I'm not that old. Get out of here. But we're out there, you know. It's, <laughs> the film is grainy. <laughs> you know? It's still online. It's on YouTube still. It's not a VHS per se. <laughs> yeah. It's a DVD, right? <laughs> that after VHS was DVD. Even saying that, it kind of goes forward to looking at who's running the team. Heckenen is an older coach. His resume is filled in the 90s, in the late 90s as him coaching in the world games and things like that. And then he became the national team coach and stepped away from coaching Maple League, Division One stuff like that. And now that he's back, look at the UNC team. The team that won Division One, the team that played the Maple League last year, and the team of this season, those three teams don't look anything alike. Totally different rosters every year. And what we've learned here on the AFF podcast is teams – in the Maple League, with consistency, are the teams that are successful. Look at the Sinioki Crocodiles. If they have Christian Powell, that's a playoff team. That's consistency. He's going on season number, I want to say, five this year? Back in 14, 15, 16 with the Crocodiles. That mm-hmm. was consistency. Right yeah. now, they kind of, I played quarterback one season. That's not consistency. Yeah, Christian Powell might be there, but come on. Team Look 16, at the formula for the Crocodiles. Have, do you know a season where crocodiles don't bring in a bunch of imports? No, absolutely not. Now, it, it sounds crazy. Like, why would you do that? Well, because they can. And it always makes them competitive. Now, how they do it yep. and who plays what, I'm not getting into all that. But there is that consistency of team. We know every season that the senior crocodiles team will have a lot of imports. And they know that every season. So they're, you know, prepared for it and they know how to deal with it every year. Then they can adapt football-wise. This USC team, from season to season, will they have a lot of imports? Will they have a lot of finished players? Are they going to have quarterbacks, receivers? Who knows? The only thing we've seen consistent in the last two seasons is the head coach. Even the finished players that play for this team, a lot of them from last season are playing elsewhere this season. And they didn't have a lot of finished players to begin with in the first place. As a Division One yeah. team, they didn't need a lot of finished players, and they didn't. And they haven't kept imports from any of these teams. 
So that turnover is much harder when you're playing against teams like Quopio, Helsinki, both Helsinkis, and Senayoki, where all those teams have at least some type of core that they've had from the previous one or two seasons. And they can start from that, while UNC is basically rebuilding every season. That's going to make it very difficult this year. That's obviously why we spent more time on their obstacles than anything, because it's an uphill battle for this team. And that's just being realistic. Right. Again, talking about the coach of Haken, and if anybody can get them through this uphill battle, he's probably the guy. Guy has a, a lot of experience. Great. He understands what it takes to get finished players to play at the highest level. And even when bringing in imports, he probably has the know-how of how to make them work with his players to fix that chemistry issue. I don't want to be too negative and act like they just don't have a chance. They do, but it's an uphill battle for this team, for sure. That's it for this episode of American Football in Finland. Hope it was worth the listen. Any last words before we get out of here, guys? Q, got anything you want to say to the people out there? Uh, I'm just looking forward to the season, looking forward to some some great plays being made and seeing uh, what team is is going to edge out at the front. First thing is for everyone to get their Rule 2 subscription to make sure they don't miss all the games so they know what we're talking about and just, yeah, just get on the season and get excited because like Q said, it's going to be a good one. What about you, Chris? I just can't wait for the season. It, it's definitely one of those years. I think it is still open. I don't think it's all going to be Corpio. I think there's a few teams that are going to be in contention and I can't wait to see uh, those matchups this year. It's going to be great. Yeah, we're excited for the season, man. Good luck to all the teams. If we say something you don't like, let us know. If we say something you do like, let us know. You know, we we enjoy, you know, when people tell us we're doing a good job as well as when we're doing it back. If you enjoy the show, please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to give us five stars as well. Anything less will let us know that you are a hater. You can also follow us on the gram and Facebook at American Football in Finland. Until next time, never forget T-I-F. We go. American Football in Finland.